you are just showing up and you sound lame, look lame, and you're just overtly advertising or selling, people are gonna tune you out. Um, and you're starting to see big brands that are that are being affected by COVID-19. You've heard of some bankruptcies recently, like Neiman Marcus and J. Crew, and you're gonna continue to see that. So I think it's a very long way for me to say to your audience here that if you have any inkling into an idea or a brand that you want to start, yo, now's the time to do it. Hey guys, welcome back to Collation, episode number 14. Uh, if you're new to the channel, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, watch the podcast, keep up with the latest episodes. Uh, so today we have someone really, really special. He has over 10 years experience of social media. Uh, he is the CEO or the founder of uh, Geo Media. They have Fortune of 500 clients. He's the first generation of Latin marketing. Uh, he's an international speaker. Uh, he is also the author of uh, Ender Marketing, which I have his book right here. I recommend it to anyone. I read over 140 pages so far. Um, I'll leave the link in the description so you guys, where you guys can find the, the book, where you guys can purchase it. Uh, so today we have Carlos Gill. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, I appreciate that uh, warm introduction and uh, always a pleasure to be able to uh, to chat with someone like this. Uh, you know, we're connected through social media, but it's always a pleasure when I'm able to hop on a podcast and just chop it up, man. Yeah, and now, uh, you know, things are, you know, during this pandemic, how has that affected, you know, your business, you know, your family, your, your clients, you have a lot of clients, you have a lot of employees, there's a lot in your hands, right? And how did you deal with that? You know, there's so much pressure going on, you know, businesses mm -hmm. are losing money, people losing uh, like money in general. So how did you um, um, deal with that? Man, such a good question. So this is the second time I go through, through something of this magnitude. Uh, granted, we haven't had to encounter a pandemic before where all business completely just stops and people are at home. But 13 years ago, almost uh, in 2008, uh, when we had the last recession due to the banking crisis uh, here in the United States, I lost my job and I was, I was really young at the time. I was 25. And uh, it was then when I encountered for the first time what it's like to really suffer financially, what it's like to lose, because not only did I lose a job, but, uh, you know, my kids were young at the time, lost my house, lost my cars, lost all the money I had. And times were really rough. And, you know, Charlie, I, I vowed to never find myself in that position again. And, you know, as you get older, you become much more wise and you start saving and you, st you start making business moves to really put you in a position where if things were to go sideways, at least you have a plan B, C and D. So, um, you know, you mentioned before some of the different accolades, right? I have a marketing agency, you know, public speaker, author. Um, what I've been able to do over the last 10 years is create different revenue streams for myself, specifically teaching courses online, uh, which provide me with residual income. You know, having a book really helps because that provides residual income from sales. And then also growing a brand over the last decade on social media has helped me create a base for myself through consulting. Uh, these are all different revenue streams that would have never been made possible had I not first lost my job in 2008 and gone through the last recession. So kind of fast forward to where we're at now in 2020, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's business as usual and things are great because the reality is that they're not, you know, my marketing agency's taking a big blow. I'm doing no in-person public speaking, but I'm still able to weather this storm because of all the moves I made over the last 10 years leading up to today. Um, now, you know, there's been some, you know, some other areas like e-commerce that have become for me, um, really a point of focus and emphasis. Uh, some in the process of launching a few different e-commerce brands, some more to come on that. Um, and, and again, man, like it's just staying active. And that's been the advice I've been giving to everyone since we kind of started uh, with the you know, social distancing and stay at home orders is you have to stay active. You have to do as much as you possibly can, you know, whether it's creating a podcast, getting more people like, like you're doing on your podcast, staying active on social media. If you just sit idle and do nothing, I, I guarantee you, you're going to put yourself really far behind in these times. Yeah, um, what I realized is that I feel like the COVID-19 is such a big lesson for everyone because mm -hmm. it, it shows that people, you need digital, you need social media in order to mm -hmm. bring awareness and exposure. Um, you mentioned a lot of time how, you know, if you do not build a personal brand or businesses are not making a relevant, you know, content out there, in the next five, 10 years, you will be irrelevant, you know? Um, can you explain to us why the, the old marketing will um, affect and, you know, probably businesses or even influencers will lose money? You know, such a good question. You know, I'm really fortunate that I wrote a book that was intended to really help people future-proof their business over the next 10 years. Granted, there's nowhere in the end of marketing do I write about COVID-19 or, or a pandemic. Uh, I was really referring to humanizing your brand because of AI being artificial intelligence, being the biggest threat to marketing today. Um, but, you know, to your point, people are brands today. You're a brand. I'm a brand. Anyone watching or listening to this they're a brand we all have influence. People buy from people they trust and that they like. And I think when you look at the rise of, of influencers on social media, um, you really start to realize that today those influencers, they're brands that are selling to you no different than traditional corporate brands sell to you. Now, the biggest, the biggest shift that we've seen over the last several years is that you know the, the the big personal brands, whether you want to say a Kylie Jenner or DJ Khaled or Jake and Logan Paul, you know, or even more of like a micro influencer like myself, you know, these these individuals, these people, they are taking attention away from corporations. They're taking digital market share away from the Starbucks and the Nikes and the Coca-Colas of the world. So it's become a lot harder for corporate brands to be able to kind of break through all the noise that's being created on social media. And on the flip side, it's actually become easier, I find, for any individual out there that wants to start a product, build a brand for themselves or their company. It's become a lot easier to kind of navigate through these, these what I refer to as a noisy digital ocean. It's become a lot easier because we're able to move at a much faster pace than the big corporation. So I've worked on the inside of big corporations as a head of social media marketing. And I can tell you that if you work for a billion dollar company and you go to your CMO and you suggest to start a podcast, you're not starting that podcast tomorrow or next week. You have to keep coming back, prove your business analysis, build a case around it, come with data. And that process in itself takes so long where you can have someone like yourself or me or whomever that can create a TikTok channel, a podcast, a YouTube channel, start populating with content much quicker than a enterprise brand can. 
So from a, from a competitive advantage standpoint, we all have access to the same tools, but we're not all moving at the same speed. And I think that in itself is going to be the ultimate demise of big corporations on social media. Not to say that big corporations are going to go away necessarily, but that's going to be the demise of their presence, digitally speaking. Now, the flip side to that is that where we're at today, COVID-19, uh, first of all, is forcing a lot of people to sit at home and watch content online. So if your brand sucks, people aren't going to watch, right? Yeah. Imagine yeah. that before, you know, I, I kind of like to use this as an example. Like our Instagram, our YouTube, our presence is like having your own reality show and the social networks themselves are the network. So imagine like you go onto Comcast or Xfinity or DirecTV and you look at a menu and you see like 500 different options of channels to watch. Well, now with, so, with the rise of content creators and influencers, you have thousands of options of where you're gonna get to watch to, cons to, to consume content. Again, it makes it harder for brands. So in this era where we're at now, if you are just showing up and you sound lame, look lame, and you're just overtly advertising or selling, people are gonna tune you out. Um, and you're starting to see big brands that are, that are being affected by COVID-19. You've heard of some bankruptcies recently, like Neiman Marcus and J. Crew, and you're going to continue to see that. So I think it's a very long way for me to say to your audience here that if you have any inkling into an idea or a brand that you want to start, yo, now's the time to do it. And you don't need to have a lot of startup capital. You don't need to have a big following. You just got to get started. Um, well, earlier in my podcast, I talked to another, you know, female entrepreneur. She said, as long as you inspire or, you know, impact a good five people, 10 people, you know, it changes it, it, as long as you're impacting every, every person, every single day, then you're doing your job, you know? And mm -hmm. I feel like social media is a great opportunity for everyone. Um, you know, especially how you mentioned big corporate brands. Um, do you believe if they don't set relevant or creative content? Do you believe that those large companies will lose in the long term? Yeah, I think absolutely in the long term, they're going to lose. I think right now in the season that we're in, the focus needs to be on building community one person at a time, showing empathy in your content and really doing a much better job of listening. You see the poor, the poor job that the, the brands have really failed to do when it comes to social media marketing specifically is using social media as a big focus group to listen to what's being said and then build community by actually engaging one-on-one -on -one with, with, with your consumers or your audience that lives. Yeah. And um, so like how you mentioned the big corporate, what's going to happen if they don't do it? Like what, what should big businesses should do? they don't have um what should they start doing what kind of content should they start doing for you know big, uh, big you know the the brands that are really doing a good job right now especially over the last couple of months with with the rise of COVID-19 have really been ones that are a keeping their communities informed of what's happening like I'll give you an example I travel a lot when things are normal um I stay at Marriott I travel with American Airlines and the brands have done a really good job of keeping their communities informed of what's happening you know whether it's 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 properties being closed properties being reopened what measures they're taking to ensure safety um, again that goes back to what I shared before which is showing empathy um, I think that the brands out there that are finding ways to keep their community entertained 
educated, informed, inspired are doing a really good job. Um, you know, I just did a presentation today and some of the different examples I shared besides Marriott and American Airlines were like Miller High Life, you know, helping people get married at home, you know, progressive insurance, you know, using kind of the Zoom culture, you know, we're using Zoom here to record. A lot of people are using Zoom, using Zoom culture, create campaigns um, around Zoom. I, I think what you need to do as a marketer, regardless of what you sell, or if you're a small business, solopreneur, enterprise brand, is you really need to think with who is my audience at the end of the day, and what do they want to see? So if you're going to launch a clothing brand using Shopify, for example, because you want to be the next Supreme or Louis V, go do it. But have in mind on day one, who is it that you're trying to sell to? Where are these individuals engaging on social media? What type of content are they sharing already? And how can you really be a part of their life? How can you add value to their life? You know, I have personally seen people that have started with a fashion blog, had nothing to do specifically with a particular product or item. They started with a fashion blog, just talking about sneakers, talking about high-end fashion. And then because they started building a following, that blog eventually turned into a sock company or it turned into a t-shirt company because the brand itself had a following. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the, the opportunities are really endless, but you need to start with just building community one person at a time. Um, and it goes back to what I said before, social media gives us all a competitive advantage, but if you're using social media just to sell, consumers are, are really going to just weed you out. Yeah, because what I because it's like going back to TV commercial. People are just trying to sell, you know. And I feel like people get bored, they get annoyed from that. Um, recently, I watched one of your videos. You mentioned how AI, you know, artificial intelligence, are going to take over. Um, I do you believe building a, a relationship with one another is the strong way to you know produce content out there? Um, what were some of the way people can build a strong community or engage with the um, followers or audience? Well, you know, I think the way that you can engage with your community, um, you know, is, is no different than what I do with, with my community, right? Right before I came on here to record with you, I went on Instagram stories, I shouted you out, I let my community know what I was going to do. Um, brands need to take lessons from individuals. And I share this in the end of marketing. If you just sit back and pay attention to what celebrities and personal brands are doing on social media, you need to do the same thing. And when I talk about humanizing your brand and making yourself real and relatable, it's just taking whoever is watching along for a journey. Like, that's it. So when you start your day at the office, when you start your day before you get to work, what you're doing in the middle of the day, what you're doing in the evening, you just have to keep your community, bring them along for the ride and keep them up to date and informed. It's not hard, but I feel that so many marketers that I meet think that this is this is a tough challenge and and honestly Charlie it's just being present and using the technology that we all have access to right which typically lives on the phone but you see what happens in like the corporate marketing world and, and I know this firsthand from working you know for so many years for big corporations is a lot of marketers corporate marketers specifically which are different than internet marketers corporate marketers are often thinking about the next campaign they're thinking about the sale that they have running. They're, they're, they're trying to find ways to connect that sale or that campaign together with social media because they just see social media as another, another channel or vehicle to advertise. Internet marketing and corporate marketing are not one and the same. Internet marketing, oftentimes, it's transaction-based, right? You create a course, you create a product, you create a shirt, whatever it is, and you're just trying to move units quickly. 
right? Lower price point, you're just trying to quick move units, but oftentimes you're building a brand around the people that make up that company. So if it's a course, you know, look at someone like a Ty Lopez or Grant Cardone, for example, you know, these internet marketers do a fantastic job of building community around the people that they're trying to serve. And a corporate brand should be no different. And, and, and you know, I, I kind of take pride in, in, in saying that I know how to wear both hats. Being that I've come from the corporate marketing world, I know what happens on the inside of the four walls of a big brand. And I also have a personal brand myself and I've spent now many years in the internet marketing world. So I know how to kind of shift in between those two worlds. And I can confidently say that being a marketer today is not just like one size fits all. Like what type of marketer are you? Um, you know, and, and that's what really keeps me motivated in this space every day, man. You know, again, over the last two months, I've been studying a lot about the world of e-commerce, yeah. right? I never really would, would have considered myself before a direct to consumer marketer, okay, or an e-commerce marketer. But it's 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 a new muscle that I'm developing and I'm getting to learn. And, and I think, you know, marketers really, wherever you sit, need to take a step back and analyze who is it that you're trying to reach and what do you want to be known for 10 years from now? And um, for, for, cause I have a lot of, have a lot of young entrepreneurs, a lot of finance people, I have a lot of artists, uh, young marketers as well. Um, what are three tips you can give to your people that they want to build a strong personal brand? You know, if they're just starting off, if they're speaking media or afraid or have that fear, what are some of, what are three tips that you can give out there that can truly build a strong personal brand? You know, starting a personal brand really starts with, uh, you know, one, what are your goals? You know, the question I get asked all the time in forums like this and also at conferences is how do you build a personal brand? And I often turn back on the person that asks me and I'll ask them, why do you want to have a personal brand? Because quite frankly, to build a personal brand requires a lot of time and effort and truthfully money as well. So if you want to have a personal brand just to be rich and famous, great. What do you want to be rich and famous for? Like, you know, fame means you're known for something and rich means that you created something that generated a profit for you. So again, what do you want to be known for? That's just step number one. Two is what are you going to do in order for people to know that you exist? Right? So are you creating a product, a service? Are you motivating people? What is it? Right. And whatever that thing is, you have to just go after it. I know a lot of folks out there, they see mo other motivational speakers on Instagram and they want to, they want to create a motivational brand. Yeah. So go do it. But keep in mind that you have to stand for something or say something that's going to resonate with others out there, which, you know, I think is, is, is three. One of the most critical points is who's your audience. Right. There's so many people using social media. You look at a platform like Instagram, there's over 2 billion users. You're not going to appeal to everyone. You're not going to be able to reach everyone. So who is it that you're trying to reach? If you're trying to reach other young entrepreneurs like you're doing here, great. Like, what's your value add to them then? What are you bringing to the table? What makes you different than other young entrepreneurs? You know, there are people I've met throughout the years that have done an amazing job just creating groups and bringing people together. They're not trying to be the center of attention. They're not trying to be necessarily the leader of the pack. They're just bringing people together. And guess what? When you bring people together, that's where your conferences are born. Yeah. That's where your meetups are born. Then there's other people that are trying to be teachers. And those teachers know who their audience is because you know, those teachers went out into the wild. They created something. They did something that's notable. 
and worthy of teaching and then they come back to their tribe and then they teach the tribe and they monetize right yeah so I, I would say you know you asked me for three but i'd say the you know probably the fourth step is you have to be you have to be consistent in making noise you have to make a lot of noise because the whole personal branding game is all about longevity right you're on what episode of your podcast uh at 14 i started three months ago now so yeah so you started three months ago you've got you've got 14 in that's great but i would say to you charlie you have to probably do another hundred of these right before you really probably hit critical mass because what happens is is the snowball effect little by little people start to promote you you have guests like me that come on once the podcast publishes we share it out so little by little you start getting that traction right well when you're 14 episodes in, that's a lot different of a story than when you're 100 episodes in and now you've interviewed 100 people and you've gained traction along those months and along those interviews. So longevity, playing that long game, being consistent, that's all going to be key. You know, making noise, right? What makes you and me and the next guy or girl different is how, much, how many people are we able to truly impact and reach? Um, and again, it goes back to, you know, then the marketing. Social media and the internet's a noisy digital ocean. And in order to really break through the noise, you have to be known for something. You have to have something of value that you offer others and you have to be consistent. Yeah. And um, I've read so much in the book. Uh, you mentioned how you started off on, you know, by, you know, blogging on YouTube, by LinkedIn. What got you started into marketing? Like, what was that, you know, that, that idea? Like, oh, this is for me. I'm going to start doing marketing. What was that, you know, when did you have that idea? Or why did you want to become specifically in the marketing industry? That's a good question. I, I never said to myself that I want to be a marketer. Uh, I, I didn't go to college. Uh, I dropped out of high school at, 19, at 17 and got my GED. Um, and then uh, I started selling shoes uh, right when I dropped out and got my GED. And uh, I realized very quickly that making minimum wage and selling shoes wasn't really a glamorous life. I always enjoyed working and making money. So I uh, started working in corporate at 19 for, for a bank, for, for Citigroup. And at 19, I realized like, okay, like making good money in a, in a career is awesome. Um, it afforded me the ability to buy a house young and buy my own cars and, and whatnot. Like this is pre-social media. I'm talking about like oh, you know, wow. 2002, 2003, man. Um, but what happened was in, in 2008, when the economy tanked and I lost my job in banking, I realized, okay, I'm a high school dropout that has no job. It's gonna be very hard to get hired when there are millions of other people that are unemployed. So I joined LinkedIn really early on. I joined Twitter early on. And this is before social media was really being used by businesses like you see today. And I started networking people, started joining groups. Honestly, I did all the things that you and anyone else that's starting off should really be doing. And just started networking, man, put my name out there. And, you know, I figured the more that people know who Carlos Skill is, you know, there'll be more people that land on my LinkedIn, more people that follow on Twitter. And little by little, I started realizing the value of personal brand because my personal brand started becoming my business card and those network connections started earning value. Um, and I started up an online job board. That was my first business. And I wasn't necessarily a great entrepreneur because I didn't know a single thing about running a business. I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know anything about PR, but I knew if I get my product in front of people and just even get them to get a reaction, go to my website, then that's a conversion. Um, and so I, st- I started creating more awareness and more noise. 
Um, and naturally, man, marketing just became a part of my DNA. It became just one of those things that you do to grow, grow your business. So I never really labeled myself a marketer. It wasn't until I started speaking at conferences right around 2014 and 15 that I started thinking of myself as a marketer. And granted, you know, I had, you know, social media marketer on my business cards at the time, but you know, never really considered myself a marketer. It was just marketing was what I was doing in order to survive and stay afloat. Yeah, and then when you started off doing this, how did you build your network? And you know, you came from scratch. You told me you didn't have a college degree. You didn't have you dropped out of high school. How did you build up your network? And especially someone that you know, listening to this or watching this, how can they build up your network? You know, if you have no people, you know, not, I mean, I feel like right now is a big opportunity because we have social media. You know, you can literally DM anyone nowadays and just start up from there. But how did you build up your network from starting from scratch? So really good question, man. Uh, the day that I lost my job, November 5th, 2008, um, was a day I'll never forget because first of all, you, know, you have those moments throughout your life that are just, you know, they kind of make you and mold you to who you are. So for me, it was the day I lost my job in the banking industry. That day, I also joined LinkedIn. And when you first joined LinkedIn back then, it was no different than today. Like you have no connections. So the first place that you're going to go is you're going to start looking at people that, you know, I started connecting with former colleagues and coworkers. And then I just started joining groups. So I started joining different retail groups, different banking groups, different human resources groups, because I just figured, well, I'll just jump on this LinkedIn thing, fill out, you know, build a profile, fill out all the fields, and then I'll just use it to find a job. And in that, is where I became inspired to start up a business. But it was just groups, man. And I'll be honest with you, I, I spammed the hell out of a lot of people. Like wow. if I had if I had a dollar for every time Yeah, if I had a dollar for every time someone called me a spammer back in the day, man, I'd be, yeah. I'd be rich right now. Yeah. Uh, but but look, man, it's 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 a fact. I I had to just be real gorilla and real aggressive and just man, spam as many people as I could. I know that sounds horrible. But dude, when you're young and you're hungry and like, like low key, you're kind of borderline desperate, you'll do whatever it takes, man. So for me, I was joining as many groups as I could, get my name out there, um, kind of like a growth hack that I would do in order to like get my name is I wouldn't necessarily like sell anything, but I would just create these like threads. Yeah. So I would like go into groups. I would just create a th thread like, hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm Carlos Gill, founder of Jobs Direct USA. Um, looking to grow my network, introduce yourself below. So in those threads, I already told you my name. I already told you who I am. I gave you the name of my company and I'm telling you to introduce yourself. So I'm like low key, like throwing value back at you, like giving you a stage for you to introduce yourself. Yeah. So figure, you know, you would join, you know, I don't know, 50 groups on LinkedIn and then you would join another 50 on Facebook. And now you go to all these different groups and you're creating all these different threads. Yo, people are going to comment on there. And that's exactly what they would do. They would comment. I would go back into the groups. I would like their comment. I would engage back. And again, like we're talking in an era where it's not like today where I'm like really busy. We're talking in an era where I had all the time in the world and I was younger and I had more energy to literally sit on my computer all day and do this. Oh, wow. And when and you just roll the dice. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and the thing is, what's crazy is that when you started doing this, um, when did you get to that point when, when you picture yourself like, wow, I'm dealing with real people. I'm meeting so many great entrepreneurs. I'm dealing with so many things. When was that moment like, oh, wow, I can do this for a living. I can actually finally start doing my business and, you know, not depend on other people and actually, you know, benefit myself. You know, to be honest with you, man, the first year that I was in business, I made no money. 
and and little by little people were like seeing my name they were asking me for advice and recommendations on how to use social media to recruit how to use social media market when people start asking you how do you do x yeah that's when you know that people are starting to perceive you as being influential or being a thought leader or being able to teach and that is when i would say you can probably charge for your time if someone comes to you and like wants to pick your brain but you see again i was young man there wasn't social media and the internet like now so i didn't necessarily know these things so i wasted a lot of time giving people my time for free like i'd have people reach out and they want to have coffee or they would want to hop on a call and you know i would just immediately hop on those calls because to me it was like oh wow someone wants to talk to me yeah. right but now that i look back i realize like yeah people want to talk because they want to they want to do what, what i call mental vampire you they want to like get in your brain they want to they want to know what you know and they don't want to pay for it so once you start seeing that people are reaching out to you blindly and asking you for advice or cons or consultations then you know like all right like i'm really on some but it takes a while man so first year i was in business i didn't make any money um the second year i was in business i started hosting my own like recruiting events job fairs those started to produce income um and then in year three man i signed a sponsorship deal with sprint and i hosted this national uh what was called the pink slip tour it was a national job search tour and that was like the first time i made like big money on my own and lo and behold man the the, the relationship with um with sprint originated from just a connection on linkedin and at the time their head of hispanic pr dude was just following what I was doing. There was, there was no sales pitch. There was, there was nothing. It was just, I was doing good things. This guy started taking notice and he just started paying attention to what I was doing. We just started staying in touch. And to this day, Charlie, like my, my game, if you will, business development is very much in the same. I don't do cold calls. I don't do pitches. I don't reach out to people out of the blue. Literally, man, I let the game come to me. Okay. If you follow me, if you opt into my content, yeah. I'm selling to you. Yeah. But I'm not actually coming out and being like, hey, here's this product. Buy. But I'm selling to you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Subtly, I'm selling to you that, yo, there's a reason why you followed me. Keep watching. That's true. And when the time is right, you're gonna know. Hey, let me reach out to this guy. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, whether it's buying a book, mm -hmm. a course, or whatever it is. And it goes back to what we we're talking about before with brands. Brands are no different, man. Brands have the ability to do the same exact thing. But again, these major corporations face so much scrutiny and pressure, and the marketers specifically that work within them, that they feel like that they just got to sell, sell, sell all the time. And, and that's not the world that we're living in. Yeah. So I guess the new way is now being authentic, storytelling. From, from, uh... it's, it's, it's always been being authentic. Yeah. Um, the way business has always been predicated is that you do business with people that you like and trust. That's never really changed. I think what happens now is that the way that we've seen the internet evolve, and I think it's you know really thanks to thanks to YouTube, in combination with even reality TV, we are all the stars of our own reality show. So when you go on Instagram stories, that's your reality show. When you create a vlog on YouTube, that's your reality show. And it's all this content that is what makes you likable to somebody. Right now, everyone's gonna like me, but there are people out there, like like I would say, it's safe to say, like you that do. Yeah. So yeah. I throw it back on you. Like, <laughs> what no, makes yeah. you want to follow me? Yeah, no, I agree. No, it's like because you have like you bring so much value for your people. Like, 
thing that I didn't even know about, like just storytelling, like bringing information, that's impressive. Um, and now that I'm, I'm reading your book, it's like, wow, like I'm getting like, in, like deeper information on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any special routines that you do? Because I know people that deal with so much clients, employees, your family, you have, you have to balance your life, your kids, yourself, your social life. Do you have any special routines to, so you can keep yourself uh, creative or productive? Um, routines, man, you know, honestly, it's just more mindset than it is routine. I I try to maintain a positive mindset, even when things don't necessarily work out or go according to plan. And I just stay positive. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Um, I, I, I would say, you know, that's really my, my North star is just my mental state. Uh, more so a routine, you know, I'm like anyone else. I wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee check my emails, check my social media. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I told you, man, I do yoga every morning, I work out every morning. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are all about that life and that's yeah. cool, man. But you know, for me, man, it's just about, you know, yeah. enjoying the now and the here and, and, and just staying positive, man. Staying focused on what my goals are. And that's something that people ask all the time, like, how do you stay focused? And, you know, I've got goals I set for myself. I have very high expectations of my own performance. Mm-hmm. And the day you got to be your biggest fr- fan, but you have to be your biggest critic. And, you know, as long as you're your biggest fan, your biggest critic, then you're always going to keep it 100 with yourself. And you got to push yourself to do whatever it is that you want to do, man. Right now, I'm trying to get, you know, a few different e-commerce brands off the ground. You know, no one's going to be able to do it for me. I got to do it for me. You know, yeah. granted, I've got employees. I've got, you know, resources that work with me to make these things happen. But if I wake up tomorrow and I just want to play call of duty all day, things aren't going to get done. That's just fact of life. Yeah. And now with this, uh, you know, this business is the accomplishment you're doing. What do you see yourself in five or 10 years? You know, what motivates you? What do you see yourself in five, 10 years from after now? Man, five to 10 years, uh, man, I would say inspiring and motivating and educating a lot, a lot of young men and women like yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the next 10 years go. I'm already getting the itch to write another book. So I would say in terms of like the career path I've carved out for myself, mm-hmm. it's just now it just becomes kind of layering on top of what I've done, building what I've done. The hard, You know, I found writing a book was, was, was really easy, but it was really hard. And it was easy from the standpoint of like, I like to write. So mm-hmm. it wasn't hard, tedious work, but it was a grind with doing it because it was a new experience. But now that I know the experience and I know what to expect for the next time, it's going to be easier. So that's why you see that there are authors that have written four, five, six, seven books, because once you know the formula, then you just kind of replicate the formula and you keep building, man. Um, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's going to sit here and say like, look, I want to be a billionaire and you know, I want to be the next Zuckerberg because that's, that's just not me, man. Yeah. Like I'm a hard worker. Huh? People have different mentalities. Yeah, I'm a hard worker, man. I want to keep building. I want to provide for my family. And I want to teach people. And if at the end of the day, man, years from now, when I no longer exist, people are like, oh, man, you know, I read this guy's book or I saw a YouTube video of this guy and it really changed my life. And hey, mission accomplished. Yeah, and, and for your next book, are you still planning to do marketing or is there anything else particular? You know, that's, that's, that's interesting. I'm glad that you asked that because uh, I have a love-hate relationship with marketing. Um, I don't necessarily want to be known as a marketer, man, my, my entire life. Cause like I've shared with you, like, I didn't even think about myself as a marketer until like five years ago when I started speaking at marketing conferences, um, even though I was already doing it for a living. And I think eventually I want to segue more into life coaching 
there's so much I want to teach people just again being a high school dropout getting married young having kids young like those are the stories that I think are really more impactful than how do you grow an Instagram account um so I guess more motivating people in the courses yeah man I'd say more more of just life lessons if you will Mm -hmm. uh but I tell you what man like you know I have a big passion for pro wrestling and I was actually just thinking today of doing like a keynote about the parallels between wrestling and marketing and kind of put like a fun spin on it. So typically books, um, at least my book, End of Marketing, kind of derived from two years worth of keynotes, just kind of talking about the same thing over and over and then realizing like the way I deliver it is should go into a book. So then the marketing was really a couple years worth of keynotes. And I think, you know, if I do a new keynote altogether that starts teaching people like, even recently, I've started to develop a new keynote on how to build communities in times of crisis, which is like an extension of the end of marketing um, in itself. But I think if I were to create like an all new keynote, then, you know, that might be book number two. And then maybe book number three is more like life coaching. And um, now that but that's a good, I was going to say, that's a good question, man, because you see the art of doing what you do as a podcast host yeah. is you got to get your guests yeah. to say and give you sauce that they don't really tell anywhere else so you're <laughs> no because because i think recently in all time this is my 30th or 31st interview because i have two brands and what mm-hmm. i is like, what do people want to know about that's why i try to like bring the best question and value to the people in my, in my opinion got it <laughs> uh now that um you know what what do you think the biggest lesson for all businesses or influencers or, or personal brands what's the biggest lesson they could take from they could take from this like COVID nineteen you know, scenario. What's the biggest, the biggest lesson? lesson that you have to take from this scenario is that life in itself has changed, mm-hmm. and you need to adapt to the new realities. People are afraid. People are, um, in some cases, at a loss for money or tight on money. And at the same time, people are online. The flip side is that companies today are operating with probably less staff internally than they did before COVID. Yeah. You've had companies that have had to lay off. You know, you look at Lyft recently, they had to lay off uh, about a fourth of their workforce. And you're going to continue to see that. So I'd say that the key phrase is do more with less. Find ways that you can do more with less. Meaning, it might be engage with more people, but post less content. Instead of posting photos and videos, increase your output of having conversations. I'll give an example with you. I haven't actually sat down and recorded content in months. Meaning, I haven't sat in front of a camera and recorded content. However, if you look at my Instagram, I've been repurposing Instagram TV videos or Instagram lives onto Instagram TV. I've been taking tweets that have performed really well on Twitter and I've repurposed them over on Instagram. So that's what I mean about do more with less. Find a way to still have a presence and be active, but you don't necessarily need to keep producing content like you were before. What's that? Working smarter, I guess. Working smarter, not harder. Yeah, I'll give it. Uh, Now, before we uh, uh, head off, um, I normally on my podcast, I ask three questions. So uh, the first question is, uh, if you had to have one superpower, what would it be? 
Oh man, uh, I would love to know what people are thinking. I would love to be able to read their thoughts. I'd love to be a mind reader. Mind reader? Awesome. <laughs> now the second one, waffles mm -hmm. or pancakes? Pancakes all day. Pancakes? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, the last one, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of the day, what would it be? Like every day, the every same meal? One meal, yeah. Damn. Um, I love breakfast sandwiches. I'd go with breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, or nachos. It's a toss-up. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Carla, for bringing so much value to the people out there. It means a lot. Um, hope you and your family are doing good. And wish you so much success for your business. And again, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks, my man. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you.